Before we dive in, I wanna let you know about this amazing guide I've put together for you called Be Your Own Boss, the step-by-step guide to nailing down your niche, creating your first offer, and launching your dream business. If you're a new entrepreneur or you've been thinking about starting your business but you're not quite sure where to start or maybe you're not getting the clients you want, this guide is for you. Head to bit.ly slash startmybiz2020 or you can just look below this episode and click the link in there. All right, on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the story behind the journey, the show that goes behind the scenes of successful entrepreneurs, dreamers and doers, and the inspiring businesses they've built. I'm Angela Master Giacomo, and today we continue on with our very special pivot series. And today we're talking to Hazel Baker, who this one is really fun. I really, really loved my conversation with Hazel and you're going to see why. She is just full of incredible knowledge and inspiration. And I've kind of felt like I was talking to a kindred spirit when I was talking to her. Like so many of the things that she was saying just really, really resonated. And I don't know, I just felt like we really got to a lot of really important stuff that I think you can take with you during this COVID-19 era, but certainly well after this. It's definitely applicable no matter when you're listening. So to give you an idea of Hazel, she actually started her business as a London tour guide. So you know when you go on those amazing tours that are full of different pieces of history and those guided walks, that is exactly what she does. Her business is called London Guided Walks and she describes it as a place for people who love London to come together, get to know their city, um, whether they live there or whether they're just visiting the city. And while she's been doing this for about the last five years, of course, when COVID-19 hit, that definitely presented a challenge because people were not going out and walking around and doing these incredible tours and treasure hunts that she does. And so she had to think quickly on her feet. And that's what we're talking about today is how she pivoted and what that pivot has taught her, how she knows when to say yes to an opportunity and when it's just not the right fit for her. And some really, really interesting stories in here, including how she decided to do the virtual business that she ended up doing and how she plans to continue that on well after COVID-19. So I feel like I'm rambling, but it's only because this was such a good interview and I really, really can't wait for you to hear it. So I'm gonna stop talking and we are just going to dive straight into the interview. Okay, so Hazel, first of all, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. How are you? Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. We're in a heat wave in England, so it's something else to complain about. <laughs> it's so hot here, too. I know it's been crazy hot and the humidity. I feel so old when I say this, but the humidity is what gets you. Like It is what is making me miserable all the time. Um, and I, yeah, my dog hates it, too. So I sort of blame our short walks on that. Uh, so would you mind just introducing yourself and how you started on this entrepreneurial journey um, in the first place yeah of course so um, I'm Hazel Baker and I am the CEO and founder of londonguardedwalks.co.uk and we provide uh, private tours treasure hunts um, to Londoners and visitors alike and um, I started really because my, my background is digital marketing so I did a lot of work originally for a lot of uh, charities, third parties, um, third sector um, parties, and uh, I was doing from contract from contract, you know, moving from one to another, um, adding to my little toolkit. Um, but there was always something bigger out there, and also. <laughs> 
is working with people who have got a job as my mum would call it a proper job you know (laughs) where they are guaranteed work every day they just never seem to be as pumped and and enthusiastic to sort of make the most of every day as I was being a contractor and that kind of started getting me down Um, and also I think the, uh, the, I went back to university to actually um, retrain um, as a, a qualified tour guide. Um, and I just wanted to do something properly that also had creativeness and also real accountability. Because there's only so much that you can control when you're working, you know, in a team for someone else. But ultimately, if I'm running my own company and working for myself, every decision I make... I will, you know, that ripple effect, it will have a knock-on effect with something else that I do or don't do in the future. And that was kind of exciting and challenging at the same time. I love that. I never thought of it that way. I am definitely somebody who likes to be in control. And I never, when I very first started my own um, journey into entrepreneurship, it never occurred to me that that was probably a huge part of it. But when you said that, I was like, oh, of course, like I get to, you know, make the decisions and be in control of like, if I do this, then this happens. Or um, Mm -hmm. I always thought of it just from a a freedom perspective of, you know, I get to decide when I take calls or I get to decide this, but you're totally right. You also get to control every other aspect, which is just, yeah, you've given me an epiphany (laughs) right now. I gave myself an epiphany a couple of years ago. I was like, oh my, that, that's why I've been so frustrated. It's not the people I'm working with. It's me. I, yeah. I need more. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're so, I can already tell just from that intro that you are so resourceful. You know, all the different things that you said you were trying and observing, um, which I guess is another great point is that you're always, it seems like just observing and um and then doing whatever you need to do to, to, to make that situation work, which leads us really perfectly into this pivot that you've done, which, <laughs> of course, like you said, you were doing these in-person tours, which, of course, everything with COVID-19, that becomes yep. pretty much impossible. Um, so tell me a little bit about that pivot and what you did, uh, wh- how you first decided to do it, and, of course, what it is. Okay. Well, of course, now, you know, we're coming. I'm coming up to day 100 on lockdown, And we had no idea how long lockdown would be. So the first decision was, if I'm going to pivot, because, of course, I am a sole director of a limited company, so the government isn't providing any financial support for me, and yet I've still got legal obligations to keep the company running, so I might as well work, right? Um, But had no idea how long the lockdown would be. Is it going to be a month, six weeks? Is it going to be three months as it um, uh, is now? Is it going to be another three months or six months? So it was how much of a pivot do I want to take? Um, Do I want to do a little bit? Do I want to maybe switch my tours to virtual tours? Um, Or do I want to try and embrace something different that really uh, matches the the mood and the feeling of my, my audience? So I know a lot of other tour guys were doing virtual tours, but I thought, you know what? That is just not for me. The reason why I do tours is because of the people, <laughs> seeing the whites of their eyes and getting the questions and seeing that penny drop. Um, you know, that's what gives me the kick. That's what I, I do it for. And that, that's my adrenaline rush. So I thought, why deny myself that? 
Um, I've got a really good um, clientele of London-based uh, people. And I thought, well, why not do uh, London-based quizzes? You know, let's celebrate our love for London. And we're always learning. This is such a vibrant city, 2,000 years of history. How much do we really know? So that's why I decided to pivot and do weekly um, in Wednesday evening quizzes where I live stream. I also have a, um, a live uh, form as well where people are able to put in their answers. And once they press submit, they actually get all their results straight away. So there's none of that sitting and ticking someone else's results. So it's always a bit of a bore in a pub quiz kind of thing, and which means we can get more questions. We can get more pictures and videos. And that's been really fun. So last night was my fifth week of doing that. Wow. I I love what you said too about how you initially thought okay well I could do I could do something like a virtual tour but that's like that's not me that's not what lights me up and I know that might seem really simple but I also know that I'm sure a lot of people listening and definitely me I have been in the position where it is very easy to look at what other people are doing and especially if you see it's working be like well maybe it's not exciting but I'll just do it anyway and it's so weird that we do that but I know I have definitely done that myself in the past yeah. and so I love that you were just like mm, no not for me and you just moved right on yeah, I've just had to stop um, unfollow a couple of um, colleagues and that online on social just to stop. You know, the the, the pull is so so strong that way because you know you've got all the content, you've got all the photos and that. But I felt it actually diminished a my experience, and that's the reason why I'm doing it. But also, um, if you can just do it online, where's the magic? The part of the magic of the stories that I tell is that you are standing on maybe a mundane spot in the centre of London and history was made on that spot. You were standing where that history was made and that's where the magical moment happens. And I can't provide that online. So I wanted to straight stay true to my stories rather than sort of putting as much as uh, I'm a big advocate of using technologies. I just didn't feel that it was a, a real fit to me. And I've just had to move unfollow a few on social media who are doing that because it's, it's just it's just not not where I want to be. No, I think that's smart. I mean, you just immediately removed the distraction, basically. Right. Like, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good idea. Um, did I did I read that you also work with the corporate crowd a little bit as well? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the the work we're doing being tour guide is that it's at the weekend, and of course you can't clone yourself. So your time is you know you've got this money equals your time sort of ratio, which I wanted to try and dilute as much as possible. So one of the ways was getting more tour guides. So there's now six of us um, um, working for for the company, but also during the week, because we don't focus um, our main efforts on tourists. Because it's the real London, it's not the Houses of Parliament wow factor, it's the wow of the actual hidden histories of London. Um, we focus on, on Londoners and in the week they're working. Well, why not get them at work? And so we've I've, I've made a, a lot of connections over the years with a lot of PAs and office managers um, who just need want to do something with their team you know they've done the whole bowling and they've done the meals and they just they kind of want to do something but they're not quite sure what 
And the corporate events are able to, you know, as a team, you're able to, if it's a small team, you're able just to have the one guide. And even if you don't necessarily know the people, maybe it's initiation, maybe it's lots of international um, um, uh, it's an international team so lots of people um, meeting for the first time we do that quite a lot for for the big organizations um they don't really have anything to say to their new colleagues because they don't know them whereas if they're learning together in an environment which doesn't force face-to-face contact like a meal would or standing there awkwardly holding a drink then it's a lot more relaxed gives you something else to talk about other than who are you what your job what's your job and where do you sit and who's your manager it's such a good idea because and in in relation to the team building aspect i mean it's so we don't we don't bond over those things right like we we don't bond over like what do you do for work or whatever the things we bond over are like oh that was you know we both like the same thing or we both found this same thing interesting and so you're really creating a culture where they can bond in a very natural way and it's also just so smart that you even thought to go to the corporate crowd because i think for a lot of us there is that possibility and it can be a really good way to add some significant profit, especially, you know, if you're just starting out or you're still experimenting like where you want to go. But being able to get in front of companies can be a good path to profit. And I don't think nearly enough people incorporate that into their business plan. So I, I love that you do. You're the first person I've really met that has and does both sides of that. Yeah, I think it's important to remember because it really it, it happened organically for me because people were like, oh, my God, Hazel, I really loved your tour. Um, do you do privates? Yes, I do. Oh, great, because I need to put uh, an idea, submit an idea to our team building. And I was like, oh, OK, great. You know, so then they email you saying, uh, what can you do? And you email back and they'll say, OK, we'll let you know because we've all got to vote on it. And because it's something different, something unique, fresh, um, they, they often choose it, whether it's a treasure hunt or a private tour, uh, because it, it's, it's outdoors. It's not constrained. And also, when you look at all the prices per head for bowling and all the rest of it, a tour is quite cheap. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is. And I love I love that it was just organic too because I definitely like I found that that is how most things happen, right? Like again, it's back to that listening. Like somebody said, "I would like this," and you were smart enough to say, "Actually, that's a good idea, and if I can do it for you, why why not do it for other people as well?" Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think so many times I was like, "No, this is this is my path. I'm I'm forging my own path." But actually people were forging it for me without them even really realizing it, it took me a while to notice that I was given opportunities. You know, they always say, say yes to everything. And I didn't want to be a yes person. But actually, when you've got an opportunity that is ticking all those boxes, why aren't you saying yes? Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's such a good point. What I'm curious, what made you sort of be able to differentiate and know when it was the time to say yes to something versus when it just wasn't a fit? Because you seem very clear on both. Like you have no problem saying no to things that aren't a fit for you. So I'm curious what the, for you, like how you really know, okay, this is something I want to go after. Yeah, I think it's knowing who you are, knowing what you want, what you're able to offer, um, but also it's the old gut instinct. So I get so many media requests, uh, radio and TV, and um, I listen to that gut. 
So if it's something that I really would like the company to be doing, but I know I'm not the right person, I probably have someone in the organization who is. So it's, 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 there's, you've got to know yourself and what you can, what you can offer and know your own limitations, but you've got to also trust that you are to grow, especially if you're, you're solopreneur, you're on your own from the very start, you've got to do everything. So you can either dilute yourself or you can focus and really strengthen certain things, which then run. And then you can focus on the things that you're not so good at. So it's so important. So you did not just pivot online, like you did all these incredible pivots, but you also you started a podcast as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, well, of course, it's 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 a bit like a virtual tour, you know. You're still sitting and 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 listening, um, but there's so much that I want to say on these tours. Um, you can't because they don't make great tours because you're talking about maybe the Tower of London and then you're talking about something in Notting Hill. You know, they're seven miles apart, so you're not going to drag a group there. Um, but, but linking uh, particular uh, uh, key. Uh, themes or about people um, in a podcast, and they're only twenty-minute episodes, so we get down and dirty to the de- with the details straight away. Um, it helps people make certain connections. Whether you've been on every tour that we do, and we do have people like that, or you've never been to London, you've never been into the UK, you will learn something and be able to over time reading our blog posts and listening to our podcast build this intricate layer that of knowledge about London, which is also bespoke to you based on your knowledge and enthusiasm. That is so my kind of podcast. What's it called? It's called London History. Simple oh, as that. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> Something to be said for, for clear and to the point, right? I love that. Um, oh, that's so- it. I mean, when I started London Guided Walks, he was like, you know, you could do Hazel's Happy Tours or, or whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, A, it's bigger than me. I always right. knew it was going to be bigger than me. But also, you know, if you want to think of how to describe your, your organization, have it in the name. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, I I am loving this interview so much. I don't even know if you realize what, you're just like a fountain of knowledge. It's going to be impossible to choose like the best part to share with people in terms of like a clip on socials because it's all so good. Um, okay. So how do you, how, if at all, do you plan to incorporate this pivot into the bigger picture as things continue, as maybe we start to get back to a new normal? Yeah, well, of course, with a lot of our work, with it being outdoors, there are going to be peaks and troughs in any business. And the weather really does um, sort of dictate. So you might think that the busiest time for us is uh, the summer in August when kids are off school. But actually, it isn't. Why? Well, it gets a bit too hot. Mm. And also, Londoners leave London. We're gone. (laughs) But December, I lose my voice by Christmas so busy Christmas um, Christmas time because families are getting together people are coming to London to do a bit of shopping and maybe they're going to see the theatre so they'll do a, a tour or a treasure hunt or something to, to liven up the day you've got all the corporate Christmas tours we pick people up from the office and walk them to the restaurant via the sparkling lights you know so we've got all of this going on so what happens in uh, January when it's dead and everyone's feeling the January blues they've got no money and it's really cold out well, now I've got those quizzes. Right. 
Yeah. So I can now start saying, hey, you loved, you know, our tour. Well, uh, or you did our treasure hunt. Well, why not do, um, you did the City of London treasure hunt. Well, why not do the City of London live quiz? Book me and I can do up to 500 people in your organization. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's brilliantly worked into your business. Yeah. So that's why it was important not to pivot like so many others have. Because once you've gone down the virtual tour route, how are you going to make that complement the work that you already did, which was your livelihood? Do you think that that is what this pivot and everything happening with COVID-19 has taught you above all? Yeah, I think... What I've learned most about COVID-19 is trust your instincts. You know whether something's right or not. You will get that buzz of excitement. Even though you might not know the result of it, you will know the result you want from it. And that gives you a goal, that gives you a purpose, and that gives me a thrill. So you will always learn from things, whether you whether you succeed or not, it's always a learning experience and you've got to take that on. And I think just thinking long term, repurposing what you have and staying true to yourself has been a really hard line for me to take. But, you know, I'm going back to a business with lockdowns over that is bigger than I started with lockdown. Yeah, that's that's so brilliant. And I love what you said there too about, about that feeling, right? Because I think a lot of people think of their gut feeling as like, it's going to lead me to the exact thing that I want to do. And so what you pointed out about, like, you don't know where it's going to lead, but the point is that it's sort of a compass for where you want to go. And so it's giving you mm-hmm. that clarity of exactly what you want. And I think that's the real key that we should be focusing on. Yeah. If you have no no endpoint you don't know who you want to be where you want to be in life then how are you going to get there yeah yeah absolutely what is one resource that you would recommend to listeners that's a really really tricky one i know (laughs) uh, resources say i i love going and attending digital um, events whether it's webinars or doing training and getting a fresh perspective Um, especially from people outside my industry. Because as soon as you go into um, travel and events, it all becomes this weird mishmash of the same people and the same ideals. I broke away from the desk job to have fresh ideas. And then I'm going to join people with the same kind of ideals as me. It's learning from other sectors uh, and bringing in what they're doing will keep me strong and you know that's what I I love I challenge myself by learning and also looking at um what people are doing but elsewhere that have not my competitors you know not people that are either chasing me or I'm chasing them they have we have no connection other than we are a business um trying to find a way to um, through the mucky world Mm -hmm. and there are certain elements within that you can pull from without getting dragged into the, the detail sometimes. So that's, I suppose, one of my, my biggest learnings is think, think bigger and look out of the world that you're in. That's such great advice. And I've felt and found the same exact thing that the more I look outside of my industry, because the business that I started six years ago, uh, it's a PR company and we work with musicians. So we're in the music industry. And mm-hmm. as soon as I started looking outside of that, 
is when I feel like all the light light bulbs started going off because Mm -hmm. you're right. Like when you're just surrounded by the same thing over and over, I guess it's just breaking out of that routine, breaking out of those boundaries, seeing how other people think. And yeah, it becomes a floodgate of inspiration. That's right. And you, you, you will know whether you're doing things right by how other people are doing it. If you follow a few people that you really admire, and then you might find 18 months, two years later that you don't really admire them anymore. Maybe they've lost their way. Maybe you can't learn anything from them. Maybe um, you have actually passed your learning from them. And that's a great thing. You just don't, um, I think everybody is learning, but you need to take every opportunity as that and either bank it or work with it. So there are so many um, times I'm actually attending a webinar and I'll go, you know, this is all great. And I will be taking my screenshots. I'll be um, downloading the, uh, the whatever they've provided. I'll be scribbling on it. And then I have two piles. I have one, which I'm going to work on now. And I have the longer burn piles that I need to really think about. And I'm just collating the information until I've got enough to then sort of move forward. So that's how I do it. Yeah, no, I love that. I kind of do a similar thing, although I've never been as organized as you are. And I like that method. It's it's way more concise. So I'm going to have to borrow that, I think. (laughs) Welcome to it. (laughs) Where, Where can listeners find you? Yeah, so londonguidedwalks.co.uk. This is um, my my home. And, and on there, we have the podcast and the blog. We've got hundreds of blog posts uh, with London-related um, stuff. Um, but if you just search um, London History on Spotify and um, iPods and also uh, Google Podcasts, then you'll find my smiley face there. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Hazel. You're very welcome. Thank you.